0: Hey hey, hey we're, we're I'm back with another the second debate recap the second part of the second debate, whatever you wanna call it, but um yeah, so you know first before I get into the debate, I want to play a video of Tulsi Gabbard on Tucker Carlson's show explaining why she is suing Google. So she's, I mean, you'll see, but she's suing because of what happened in the first debate. She's suing Google. And you'll see by the video. It's a four-minute video. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to just start the video right now. Yeah, so, uh, here we go. Here we go. There we go.
1: We've done a lot of work on this program to expose the bias and corruption at Google, which is the world's most powerful company by far. But Google and its employees don't just have it out for conservatives, we want to make that clear. Google is hostile to anyone who challenges the status quo, since Google is the chief beneficiary of the status quo. Congresswoman and presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard learned that the hard way. Just after the first presidential debate, where Gabbard was the single most searched Democratic candidate, Google blocked her from being able to buy new ads. Now she's become the first presidential candidate to sue Google. She's accused them of censoring her message. We are happy to have Congresswoman Chelsea Gabbard join us tonight. Congressman, thanks very much for coming on. Tell us thanks, the point of this suit.
2: Here's, here's the bottom line. This is really about the unchecked power that these big tech monopolies have over our public discourse and how this is a real threat to our freedom of speech and to our fair election. So this really isn't about me, it's about taking action on behalf of the American people. Because we've got to understand here that if Google can do this to me, as a sitting member of Congress, running for the highest office in the land. And that means they can do this to any candidate running for any office anywhere in this country and, frankly, to any person in this country. And that's why it's so important that whether you're a progressive or conservative, whether you consider yourself on the left or the right, we all have to stand united to protect our freedom of speech because... Look, today it's me, tomorrow it could be you or someone else.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. God bless you, by the way. Why are you the only candidate who's saying this? (laughs)
2: I can't explain that, Tucker, but I do know how important it is that we protect our freedoms in this country. It's something I think that people take for granted unless they're the ones under attack. These freedoms are enshrined in our Constitution. I love our country. I love our people. This is why I'm standing up and fighting for these freedoms, even when these freedoms allow those who say things I may disagree with to have that freedom to do so. You know, as a soldier, these are the principles that I stand up for, that even though you and I may disagree on things, I'm willing to give my life for your freedom to do so.
1: So you filed this lawsuit, and and God bless you for doing that. What should lawmakers in the Congress do to rein in this this dangerous tech monopoly called Google?
2: Uh, Washington needs to act. There's no question about it because we're talking about Google, uh, Facebook, Twitter. These are big tech monopolies that have this unchecked power to influence our public discourse, to influence what kind of information people are seeing. Uh, Google is in control of 88% of all Internet searches in the United States, and I believe it's 92% of all Internet searches in the world so Google is controlling when you type into that Google search box what pops up, the information that you see. So it's important that Congress takes action because right now this is this is unchecked. They've got their secret algorithms. They can control the information that we see, they can control what pops up in our Facebook feeds, and they can exactly. censor voices that they disagree with. Google has spoken openly about how they have shut out those who have not broken any of their terms of use. So this is really what's at stake here and it's important that Congress takes action to provide uh, this oversight and accountability and ultimately to break up these big tech monopolies. So in in the 30 seconds we have remaining, are you going to bring this up in the debates this week? I look forward to doing so. This is such an important important issue that is integral to every single one of our freedoms that we cherish and that we all must stand up and protect.
1: It's so important. I spoke to a right-winger today who I think disagrees with you on virtually everything, and on the basis of this alone, sent you money uh, today, because it is it is that important. Well, this is America. This is what we're it.
2: talking about here, this freedom. That's thank right. you so much, Tucker. Amen. Good to see you.
0: So yeah, that's basically it. Coffee, cash out. Uh, no, she's suing Google because she was, you know, they she was the most searched candidate after the last debate, and they uh, manipulated the salt the search results. And she, rightfully, I think, is saying that, you know, people probably, she, she probably lost people's donations because they couldn't access her and, you know, maybe they lost interest, I don't know. But... You know, I think, but even if she doesn't win the lawsuit, she brings up a good point. And that's what, you know, that's what we're dealing with. So, but let's get into the debate. So, um, the opening statements. So, Kamala Harris... In her opening statement, she said, I have listened to healthcare care providers. Now, when I hear that, and knowing government and how government operates, to me, that's basically code for I have been influenced by the lobbyists. Because... We know Obamacare was written by the insurance companies, or maybe not. Maybe people don't know that, but that's the fact. We know that now, and we know all—you know—all kinds of other things. Big Pharma influencing the sale of a certain drug. There's all kinds of things that goes on with lobbyists. Like I talked about in the last recap with the NRA and that stuff and all kinds of stuff. But so that's just all. Uh, And then... Uh, Kirsten Gillibrand brought up the fact that she said parents worry about bringing their kids to the ER because of costs. You know, basically talking about health care and the exorbitant costs of health care and, you know, what basically trying to make a case for universal health care. Now, the problem is, when your kid's sick, and sick enough to have to go to the ER, no parent is worrying about the cost in that moment. Maybe they're worrying about it later, but, you know, the fact is, if you can't pay for health care, you know, there are ways to work with the hospital. There's charity care. There's GoFundMe. There's all kinds of things in place right now that we can, that we can help people pay for the health care that they can't afford. So, and with the more open, with the more free market, there would be more ways because, you know, people could set up nonprofits and have like a, a fund, a big fund for, you know, emergency health care needs, basically. You know, so there's all kinds of stuff that could happen, and you know, it's so. I that's just a, I think that argument does more harm than good because I don't think it's bringing anyone into the conversation. And then so but during Tulsi Gabbard's uh opening statement or not her opening statement, but during the healthcare uh portion, she was talking about how the insurance companies are writing the laws which is what I said about Obamacare. So, finally, someone brings that up. You know, someone who's running for president is bringing up the fact that the issue isn't strictly the cost of health care. The issue is that people or writing laws that directly conflict with the needs of the people. So, you know, just stop, you know, like I was saying last night, you know, if, you know, they pretty much everything that, the government is has their hands in, they, they end up screwing up. And it allows, as long as the government has a say in making laws about something, lobbyists that can benefit from that will try and influence those laws. So, just... Eliminate all laws for the government. Eliminate all government power that lobbyists can influence, because that's really the only way you're going to get rid of lobbyists or, you know, some form of lobbyists. So, and then Kamala Harris said people who get their insurance through their employer don't have a choice. You know, this the debate between whether, you know, basically the debate amongst the Democrats in healthcare is whether you should have... Medicare for all for everyone and eliminate private insurance or have a public option where people can either opt into Medicare or opt out and go with the private insurance. So this is Kamala Harris is one of the candidates who's for. Universal health care and eliminate private insurance altogether. And her claim that if you buy and if you get insurance through your employer, you don't have a choice, that's just not true. I mean, one, you know. I mean I don't know how every company works but like certain companies you know I mean I guess smaller companies you know see what works best for the for everyone in the office and you know that's how they work with the, that's how they find their insurance. You know, other companies have a couple, which I guess like larger companies may have different plans that you could choose from. Uh, you, If you don't like your insurance that your employer's offering, but you want insurance through your employer, you can get another job. Yeah, I know that may not be so easy right now, but that is an option. And then the other option is you get insurance on your own. You know, like, I mean, yeah, maybe there are cases where that's not entirely possible, but, you know, I think, again, you know, I think the fact that the government limits the choices for insurance per state limits the competition and... You know, when when you limit the competition, you know, the, the competitors don't need to compete as much. So, you know, they don't care. They're not looking to improve their product. I mean, you look at, you know, Geico, or not Geico, but like, United healthcare in one state and they charge a different amount for than united healthcare in another state like it's it's ridiculous it's just not and you know that that would be one step towards opening up the free opening up the market and like i was saying yesterday There are also now these private hospitals popping up that are charging a fraction of the price for a procedure that, you know, you would have to pay for going to a normal hospital that takes insurance. So, you know, there are many choices. That's the point. And Kamala Harris either i mean she probably knows that that's not right, but you know most people are just just take people at their word, especially politicians, and they believe in the propaganda that they push. And they don't look into the facts of what's actually going on. So, and then, I, don't, I didn't understand this at all, but Yang said employers paying for health insurance is keeping them from expanding or keeping people from starting businesses. So, well, that's kind of true, because there was a person in the last presidential election who asked a question to Bernie Sanders about um, about, you know, the Affordable Care Act and the fact that it requires employers with 55 or more employees to give their employees health insurance. And she was saying, well, I, I own uh, hair salons and I'm looking at adding another one, but in order to do so, I would have to hire More, it would mean that I have more than 55 employees and I can't afford to offer everyone health care. You know, because hair salons don't necessarily make a lot of money unless you're like a big chain or something. Like, you're, you're just not... Maybe, like, I don't know, maybe the hair salons in New York City or L.A., that charge, you know, hundreds of dollars for hair, you know, uh, haircuts for women's haircuts, because men's haircuts, you know, it's pretty much just, you know, unless you're getting it styled and stuff. But the point is that most most hair salons aren't making a ton of money. And she brought up a legitimate point. And so, yeah, I guess it limits businesses from expanding. But, I mean, I don't know if it's... I don't know if health insurance is limiting people from starting businesses. I mean... It's not a requirement for, you know, when, you, when you're starting a business, you're not having that many employees. So unless you're going to make a law that says every business has to pay for health insurance for their employees, then yeah, that would limit people from starting businesses. But, so, you know, he's kind of half right. But the point is kind of there's a lot more to that situation. But then I was, like, no one brought up the fact that Trump is you know, that there's a bill floating around in Congress right now that would uh, allow people to buy prescription drugs from Canada and Trump supports it. So, you know, and to me, that's a much better solution or a much better step in the solution than uh, paying for everyone's health care you know universal you know which means raising taxes and everything else and ultimately lowering the quality of health care because that's the way it's in that's the way it is in every country that has universal health care It's the quality of healthcare goes down. And that's why everyone comes here who can't afford it. So then they moved on to immigration. And, you know, Castro, they, they asked Castro the first question because he. You know, he lives in Florida. He's oh, well, he's a secret. He was the former Hyde person, and he's Latino. He's, so naturally, they ask him the question of uh, what he would do on immigration, and he had said in the first debate something about decriminalizing illegal immigration, which, whatever. Uh, And then he said, so he went on to say, the only way to ensure no separation of families is to decriminalize crossing the border. He then said, No one, he said, open borders is a right wing talking point. Now, first of all, open borders isn't a right wing talking point. All open borders means is that basically anyone's allowed to come into this country. And pretty much that's what he's saying. He's saying, if you come into this country illegally, we're not going to charge you with anything. It's not a crime anymore. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, I, and then, like, I don't know where he gets the open borders as a right-wing talking point. I mean, you know, it's either you have open borders or you don't. It's not a talking point. It's just black or white. It's, you know, you can talk about uh, immigration reform, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about you know, reducing the penalties for people coming into this country. And I i don't, I mean, the other thing is, okay, usually decriminalization means that, you know, they're just not going to throw you in jail. So, like, if a family comes across the border illegally, instead of separating the family and throwing the parents in jail, you know, they're, uh, they're going to have to pay a fine. You know, what, I don't know, I don't know how much a fine's going to be, whatever. But... So, you really think that a family coming across the border illegally, usually when they do that, they don't have any money. So you expect them to come into this country illegally and then have to pay a fine? Well, no, they're not going to be able to pay the fine because you know, whatever money they make from their job is going to go to supporting their family. Like, they, so when they can't pay the fine, what's going to happen? They're they're going to be arrested and thrown in jail. And then what's going to happen? Families are going to be separated. So maybe you should just think about what you're talking about it it just doesn't make sense uh, what needs to happen is there needs to be criminal justice reform if you wanted the problem with you know open borders is, you know it's in a perfect world everyone would be able to move around freely and people in me- from Mexico would be able to come to the U.S. and go back and forth without a problem. The problem is there are things that American citizens are entitled to under our current system and to have people come into this country and potentially take advantage of that before they start paying taxes and contributing to the society. You know, that's just wrong. So how about we reform immigration and deal with it that way? You know. I mean, that's really the only solution I see under our current system. Uh, So, and then, you know, the same thing, a bunch of people said they want to make illegal immigration a civil offense instead of a criminal one, but It's the same thing I was talking about with Castro. You know, Castro's plan. And then Gillibrand says, there should be no law that can be taken advantage of. Okay, well, that's pretty much every law. Pretty much every law in the books can be taken advantage of. So... I don't know. I mean, that goes back to the non aggression principle. You know, the only laws that should be on the books are laws of aggression, where someone aggresses on someone without being aggressed upon first. So, like, you know, if some guy walks up to you on the street and pour, puts a gun in your face and says, "Give me that! Give me your wallet!" that's aggression. That's a crime. Every if there's no force involved, it's not a crime, and it can't be taken advantage of because it's black and white. Basically, that's what I'm saying. If there's a law for it, it should be black and white. Um, So then Biden says people are coming across illegally because of Trump. What does that even mean? People were coming across illegally when Obama was in office. People were coming across illegally when Bush was in office. They were coming across illegally when Clinton was in office. That just makes no sense. And, you know, it's just another example of people getting outraged because Trump's doing something. But in reality... He's just doing the same thing that many presidents before him have done. Like, if you want to... I mean, and listen, there are certainly things that Trump's doing that other presidents have done that he should be criticized for. But you can't blame him for the reason as to why people are coming here illegally. Like, that's just ridiculous. So, I don't know. And then at the end, Biden said some of us came here against our will. Uh, Now, I, uh, yeah. Listen, I, I'm i sure I understand what he's getting at. Because last night they talked about reparations. So I'm sure he's talking about, you know, the people who came here as slaves. The problem is none of those people are alive today. So, you know, and then are you really going to say four generations later the descendants of slaves don't want to be here? Like, or wouldn't want to be here if they had a choice? They have a choice. They can leave. Let them leave if they really don't want to be here. But I, I can guarantee you, I can pretty much guarantee you Every person who's a descendant of a slave wants to be here because, you know, may, I mean, listen, maybe they want to go to Canada, but the point is they're not forced to be here. They can leave, they can move around, they can do whatever. They're not forced to be here. And they certainly didn't come against their will because their parents—they were born here. So I—I I don't know. I mean, I guess like you could say, well, technically, kids of kids who moved here when they were three came against their will because they didn't have any say in. I don't know. That's just ridiculous. But, I mean, Biden was clearly, I don't know. I don't know. Biden's just, he seems like the old guy that's trying to be cool. And he says things that he thinks are going to go over well. But you kind of look at it and you're like, what? So, we'll see. But, so then they moved on to criminal justice. Uh, And... So, Booker calls out... Or, Biden calls out Booker on his record in New Jersey. You know, basically saying that as mayor... He was the mayor of Newark, and, you know, Newark's not really any better. And, you know, so, I i mean, listen, if you want to, there's plenty of stuff to talk about to criticize Booker on. I'm not sure if you can say just because he was a mayor he should have been able to clean up everything going on. There are, you know, the, the problem with the big federal government is, you know, there are certain things you can't change as a mayor or as a governor or as... So, you know, there are certain obstacles that make it really hard To make a difference and change some some things, and then but then Booker said he wants to legalize marijuana federally. So, yeah, no, the problem with that is that Booker is a senator of New Jersey, right? So. No, I live in New Jersey as you know we we have medical marijuana in New Jersey, and I don't know exactly what year it was made legal, but uh, when it was first made legal, there were. I believe, four dispensaries in the whole state. In the whole state, there were four medical marijuana dispensaries. That was all that was allowed. Only four medical marijuana dispensaries were allowed. Four licenses were given out, whatever. One of them closed. So now... So then there were only three because they weren't giving out the, the license again. So basically, you know, if I mean, like where I live, we're like an hour away from the closest dispensary. So, you know, I mean, that makes it pretty hard to get medical marijuana if you need it. And probably, if you really need it, you can't travel an hour to get it. So you'd have to rely on other people to get it. But that's not the point. The point is, so now with the new governor, there is like a... Now there are like, I think, six total in the state. But... Oh, the point is that do you really want Cory Booker's idea of legally of making marijuana legal to you know his idea of what it looks like in New Jersey to take place around the country yeah I I wouldn't want that. And the other thing is, Cory Booker is known to take tons of money from Big Pharma, so chances are his idea of making it legal federally is just saying, well, you can't actually buy marijuana plant, but you can buy these pills. You can't grow it but you can buy these pills so yeah i i don't trust i don't trust him and i wouldn't i mean it's part of the reason why we're doing the, this podcast is to educate people on the gaps and you know what people might not know and you know things are deceiving or not necessarily deceiving but they don't tell you the whole truth so and then Yang said he would trust everyone on this stage more than the president so okay you would trust Kamala Harris the cop who arrested, uh, arrested parents for their kids not going to school, like, that's, you would trust her more than Donald Trump, who is just recently pardoned seven, well, pardoned two, and commuted the sentence of another five nonviolent criminals. Uh, like, you would. And he also signed the First Step Act. He got other people out of jail. Like, I don't know. It just. And, like, we know. Like, Biden. We know Biden's record. We know Biden supported, you know, allowing the insurance companies to write Obamacare, like I said before. You know, we know when he ran in 1988 for president, he was caught plagiarizing his speech. Like, I mean, it's just. It's stupid to make a blanket statement like that. I mean, I understand what he was saying, because, like, it sounds good to Democratic voters, but I don't know. I think they're probably going to be... I mean, I think there are people turned off by that, by you know, taking jabs at the president when, you know, it's not entirely true and, I mean, it's just like any it's a blanket statement that doesn't really need to be said. But, so then, then they got on the topic of Eric Garner, who was Uh, they asked de Blasio because I guess um, the cop who killed Garner was just uh, acquitted. So, you know, it was a topic of discussion and the fact that you know, how could de Blasio and, you know, I mean, de Blasio, I guess, I don't know. But yeah, de Blasio has a lot of say. He's the, and then later on he said, well, we, you know, uh, the federal government was told him that, They were conducting the investigation, so he had to step back. But now he's going to crack down and figure out what what happened. He's going to investigate it himself and sidestep the federal government. And, you know, that's just more talking BS. He's not going to do anything. But... I mean, it goes, and it kind of goes back to my point. Like, Eric Garner was killed because there's a law in the books that says you can't sell loose cigarettes. You know, you can't buy a pack of cigarettes for and then sell the individual cigarettes from that pack. And, you know, basically... So, people called the cops on him to, you know, because he was selling. And then the cops came over and... He was sort of, like, acting, you know, I mean, I guess maybe you could say he was acting stupid, but, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, he was doing something that shouldn't be a crime in the first place. So, you know, how about you get rid of these stupid laws and then things like this wouldn't happen? You know, ah, that that sounds perfectly logical and reasonable to me, but um so then Kamala Harris talks about her record as a prosecutor, and like that that was ridiculous. Like I already told you about the truancy uh, situation. But here I'm going to play another, the, actually, the exchange between Kamala Harris and, or not between Kamala, but Tulsi Gabbard's exchange where she's calling Kamala out. Here we go.
1: Fronting Vice President Biden at the last debate, you called it a quote, false accusation that joe biden is a racist what's your response
2: i want to bring the conversation back to the broken criminal justice system that is disproportionately negatively impacting black and brown people all across this country today senator harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president but i'm deeply concerned about this record there are too many examples to cite but She put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way.
1: Thank you, Congresswoman. Uh, Senator Harris, your response.
0: So, uh, you know, I mean, she, you know, Tulsi calls it like it is. You may not agree with everything she has to say. I certainly don't agree with her on a lot of her economics. But you know, she calls it like it is. And, you know, I mean, she she basically called Kamala out. And, you know, I mean, the marijuana thing, you know, it, it's a pretty crazy story because I, I forget where it was, but where it originated, but she, Kamala Harris basically said that when she was in college, she smoked pot, she smoked marijuana while listening to Tupac and Snoop Dogg. Now, the problem with that is You look at Kamala Harris, she's up there in age. She's not, I mean, she's not old, old, but she's not young either. She's not Tulsi Gabbard's age, and she's not my age. You know, she's, I don't, she's in her 50s, but that's not the point. The point is that, you're like, well, you know, Tupac and... Uh, Snoop Dogg are only, like, 25 years old, so, you know, like, not age-wise, but, you know, that's when they started. So, and then you look at, so, I mean, it's an easy thing to figure out. You look at when Tolst- when Kamala Harris when was in college, and she graduated in 1989, I believe. And then you look at when Snoop Dogg and Tupac's first albums came out, and the first album came out in 1991. So uh, she's lying. I mean, I guess maybe she was listening to some uh, underground mixtape that they were putting out. You know, there's an underground scene in the rap world, but that's unlikely. I mean, it's more likely that she was trying to look cool and she's an idiot and didn't really think that through. She could have said, like, NWA or public enemy, Uh, but she's thought it would sound cool to say Tupac and Snoop Dogg and never did any, like, I don't know. Never made sure that the dates lined up. Uh, It seemed really stupid to me. But, um, so then I I wrote down in my notes, like what I said before about that Trump just pardoned slash commuted the sentence for seven people. Now I understand why no one on the stage brought that up because like, you know, they don't really want to make Trump look good. You know, they're they're trying to vie for the seat for the nomination to defeat him in the end, so why would they want to make him look good, but the, you know, the, uh, now, the, uh, Jake Tapper or Dana Bash, they could have asked the question, like, they could have said, what are you going to do, Trump did this? Most presidents wait till their second term to pardon people. Are you going to pardon people in your first term? And how many people? What are... Who are you going to pardon? What crimes? I don't know, but... There are many ways they could have brought it up, but they didn't. So... Uh... Bukhara said that uh, Russians suppressed the votes of African Americans and that's why Democrats lost to Trump. Like, what? No. The Russians did... There's no evidence that the Russians did that. Like, I don't know. I mean... I don't know. It just. I mean, I guess there is some. I don't know. There was some talk about that they hacked into voting booths, but there's no evidence of that, I don't think. And. I mean, the only real evidence I've heard of Russians hacking into or Russians interfering with our elections is the fact that a company bought ads on Facebook. And they didn't even buy a lot of ads. They bought, like, $100,000 worth of ads. And, like, that's not going to influence a lot of people. And I don't think there's any connection to between that company and the Russian government. So, you know, and the other thing is, every country tries to interfere with elections. That's just the way it goes. So, uh, we interfere with everyone's elections. We overthrow people. We do regime changes. I don't know, it just doesn't make sense. And then Biden says we need to invest in creating jobs. Um, The government doesn't create jobs. Companies create jobs. So why, I don't understand what he is. It's another, like, Biden's trying to be cool, but, I don't know, he's trying to sound like the rest of the Democrats because that's what he thinks sounds good, but, I I don't know, it's just, it's not working, and just stop. Uh, then, they were talking about, like, The uh, pay equity and the gender wage gap again. And Kamala Harris wants to fine companies for not paying women equally. Like, what? So, oh, first of all, Good luck finding evidence of a company not paying a woman equally to a man for the exact same job. Like, I don't think any two jobs are exactly the same. You can't see that. I mean, like, even... Yeah, I guess, you know, you could have the same, uh, you know, like, there could be two data, there could be a male data analyst and a female data analyst at the same company. But then you have to see, do they have the same amount of experience? Have they been at the company for the same amount of time? Do they work the exact same number of hours? Do they produce the same quality of work? You know, there are so many factors into why someone makes one wage and someone else makes another wage, even if on the surface it looks like it's the same job. So, I mean, there's just... There are too many factors that, you know, it, it's just something that sounds good, especially in light of what's been happening in the news recently with the U.S. women's soccer team and everything that's going on. So I don't know. I just don't think it's realistic, and it's just crazy. But, so then Kamala says she's seen people go to jail for far less than what Trump has done. So, yeah, you put them there. (laughs) You know, she's talking about Trump's obstruction of justice, which... I've talked about on other episodes on how I feel about that. But let's say, you know, obstruction of justice is a crime no matter what the underlying crime is and Trump committed obstruction of justice and if someone else, if a a regular citizen did what he did They would be thrown in jail, blah, 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 whatever. But, um, so, you think, uh, arresting people for, uh, possessing marijuana is a crime? Right, no. And they go to jail, but... Like Tulsi Gabbard said, Kamal Harris prosecuted those people. So, it's a double standard. Like, are you suddenly saying you should not have done that? Okay, so get rid of it. Pardon those people. You know, get them out of jail. Are you saying... That truancy shouldn't be a, is a lesser crime? Okay, so you shouldn't have done that. Like, I don't know, if there's anyone, I I find it hard to believe there's still people in jail for what she did. I don't know if, but, you know, maybe pay them, give them restitution. I don't know. But the point is that she's, as a prosecutor, she's arrested those people that she's talking about. So, you know, it's just... it's Kamala is clearly... She's the favorite amongst the Democratic establishment. And... I think she's realizing, or they're realizing that, you know, the voting public doesn't like her, and she needs to say things that sound good. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is resonating with anyone. I mean. Uh, I don't know, maybe if anyone's listening to this who actually likes Kamala Harris, you could send us an email or something. But, um... So then, I don't know, the only closings... Then they moved on to the closing statements. The only closing statement that stood out to me was, uh... Bill de Blasio says he wants to tax the hell out of the wealthy. Like, what? You want to tax the hell out of the wealthy? Like, you know what's going to happen? People are going to stop getting to whatever your arbitrary level of wealthy is. Like, that's... that's. First of all, I mean, that's the other thing wealthy is subjective you know what's wealthy to me isn't wealthy to the next person and what's wealthy for someone living in New York isn't wealthy for someone or what's wealthy to someone living in Oklahoma isn't wealthy to someone living in New York you know it's just it's a stupid thing like you know, the top tax rate is like starts at four hundred twenty thousand dollars. You know, that's that's all that's a ton of money to people who live in the middle of the country. But that's not that much to family to people who have a family in New York or New Jersey or even Connecticut, you know, in like parts of Connecticut closer to, or, you know, it's just, so the point is wealth is relative and, you know, people are, people are going to stop, I don't know, like you just can't say I'm gonna tax the wealthy because what's wealthy? That's that's the whole point. But um so yeah, that's it. Uh we will be back next debate and do this again. Hopefully, there will be less people (laughs) next time. I mean, it's still 20 people. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I said, you know, I'm hoping, I think, people will be forced out, which I don't agree with, but, you know, I think people need to get people need to drop out because it's just too many voices on stage. And there are clearly people who have no shot. I mean, people like John Delaney and, uh, Bennett, Michael Bennett, whatever his name is, Jay Michael Rooker, Inslee, you know, those guys have no shot. Tim Ryan. You know, Bill De Blasio. I mean, there. I mean, even like Kirsten Gillibrand has no shot. It just just have them go and let you know let let the people who have actual ideas, like Andrew Yang. And Tulsi Gabbard stay. And even hell, let Marianne Williamson stay just for entertainment factor. And then, I mean, the, you know, then the other favorites like uh, Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg and uh, Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris let them stick around for the next debate too, but everyone else, get rid of them. They don't need to be here. They're not. Uh, they're not providing anything useful to the debate. They're all really just saying the same thing. The only people who are saying something different is Tulsi Gabbard, and actually Andrew Yang for the first time that I've heard, he may have said something on, like, a podcast that I listened to, but for the first time on the debate stage, he said we need to get rid of, get out of all these uh, endless wars. So, uh, you know, just for that, let him stick around a little longer. But, uh, yeah, so that's it, guys. Uh... As usual, you know, go to the social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Minds. You know, like I said before, if you have any questions about the debate or any topic that we discuss, you can email us at unuseful idiots at gmail.com uh, we uh, we really need if you want to help us out go to our patreon patreon.com slash the unuseful idiots uh, you can become a producer there are a bunch of different levels for different levels of producer and you know giving us a buck or two that would really help uh help us grow help us get equipment to make the show better and all kinds of stuff I mean think about it like instead of going out once a week or instead of going out once a month for dinner and tipping your waitress for carrying food to your table, you know, if we give you value on this, I'm sure it's more than the waitress, so, you know, give us that money instead. I don't know. But even if you don't, even if you listen to us and you don't want to, uh, you can't give us money, you know, you can still help us out by sharing the podcasts, subscribing to the podcast wherever you listen, uh, comment on the podcast if your uh, podcast app allows it, You could rate us, give us a five star rating. That'll move us off the charts. And same with the comments. So, those are really important. And yeah, really just share the podcast so more people can listen. And, you know, if, you know, maybe if we get a lot of listeners will invest some money without money. I don't, I don't know, but yeah so like I said, there are many ways to help the podcast grow and you know we' we'll, I'll see you next time. All right? Bye.